Hey guys, welcome back to the Purpose of Money podcast. Today, I'm super excited. We are going to talk about land and how you can actually purchase land and invest in real estate, sometimes with no money. You are listening to the Purpose of Money podcast, a podcast where we talk about ways to build wealth and create more freedom in your life today. I am your host, Aquania Escarnay. Did I ever tell you about that time I was 16 and my dad gave me a copy of Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki? I read that book and I was completely inspired to start investing. And I started out with putting my first paycheck from a retail job into a Roth individual retirement account. And now the rest is history. I've been investing ever since. And now I invest in real estate. In my latest course, The Purpose of Money Maximizer, I want to teach you how to leverage the power of life insurance to invest in real estate and how you can use life insurance to leave a guaranteed legacy, create the wealth you've always wanted, to pay for college, supplement your retirement, and so much more. I'm sharing so many gems about how to leverage life insurance that you definitely want to get in this course so you can learn them too. If you're interested, check out thepurposeofmoneymaximizer.com. That's www.thepurposeofmoneymaximizer.com. I can't wait to see you inside. Today, we are joined by special guest, Mark Podolsky, also known as the Land Geek. He is the managing member of the Land Geek Enterprises, managing director of Frontier Properties, and founder of geekpay.io. He's also a former investment banker. We'll talk about how do you go from investment banking to real estate investor. Mark is widely considered the country's most trusted and foremost authority on buying and selling raw, undeveloped land within the United States. He's been actively investing in real estate and raw land since 2001 and has completed over 5,000 unique transactions. Mark's company, Frontier, Equity Properties LLC is an A-plus rated BBBB real estate company. He is also the host of one of the top rated podcasts in the investing category on iTunes, aptly titled The Best Passive Income Model, and the host of the Land Geek Podcast, Work Smart, Earn More, Learn How. Hey, Mark, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Aquana, thanks so much for having me. And I have another podcast as well called The Art of Passive Income that's more current than those other two as well. Awesome. Okay, so yeah. I want to talk about your interest in so many podcasts and why create multiple ones. But before we hop into that, let's talk a little bit about land. So when did you develop this interest in investing in land and why? So... Let's rewind the tape to 2000. And it was a miserable, micromanaged, 45-minute commute to work and back investment banker specializing in mergers and acquisitions with private equity groups. And Aquania, it got so bad for me. I wouldn't get the Sunday blues anticipating Monday coming around. I'd get the Friday blues anticipating the weekend going by really fast and having to be back at work on Monday. So my firm hires this guy. He's telling me that as a side hustle, he's going to tax deed auctions. He's buying up raw land, pennies on the dollar, and he's flipping them online 
and he's making a 300% return on his money. And Aquanet, I'm looking at companies all day long. And a great company, great, has 15% EBITDA margins for free cash flow. Average companies, 10%. I'm looking at companies all day long, less than 10%. So of course, I don't believe him. I've got three grand saved up for car repairs. I go to New Mexico with him. I do exactly what he tells me to do. I buy a 10 half acre parcels and average price of $300 each. I flip them online. They all sell for an average price of $1,200 each. 300% it worked. So I took all that money, went to another auction in Arizona, which is where I live. And again, this is 2000. There's no one in the room. I'm buying up lots, acreage for nothing. I sell all that property. I make over $90,000 cash. So I go to my wife and she's pregnant at the time. I said, honey, I'm going to quit my job and become a full-time land investor. And she said, absolutely not. So I said, okay, okay, okay. So it took me 18 months for the land investing income to exceed the investment banking income. And then I quit and I've been doing it full-time ever since. Uh, happy wife, happy life. I'm glad you knew better than to just quit after what appeared to be an easy return on land. But 18 months is not bad either. There's plenty of people who will side hustle, including myself, longer than that before becoming a full-time entrepreneur. But I'm glad you saw the vision and you kept the system going. So I'm still a little fathomed by this, right? Because A lot of times people tell us, oh, this is easy money. This is quick. This is do this. Just do these things and it'll work. You actually did it. But is it still working that way all these times later? Or do you tend to do a lot more teaching of the process and you don't actually purchase that much land anymore? Like, what are you currently doing? So I purchase about a deal a day. I sell a deal a day. (laughs) Now, when I say I do it, Right. I personally don't do it. I am the CEO of the machine that does it. But, you know, what I like to do is help people get out of what I call solo economic dependency, which means if they're personally not working, they're not making any money. So, anyone with a W 2 job, freelancers, solopreneurs, let's pick on people that have solved their money problems, but not their time problems doctors, lawyers, dentists, right? So if the dentist's hands aren't in the patient's mouth, the dentist isn't generating any revenue. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with any of those things, but it doesn't scale. And so I really think that once your passive income exceeds your fixed expenses and you're working because you want to, not because you have to, you can move up Maslow's hierarchy of needs into self-actualization and do what you really want to do in life. I agree with that. And I definitely see how that's possible. And so tell us more about life after the conversation with your wife. So she says, hell no, don't quit your job. But you said, okay, fine. I'm going to replace my existing income and then I'm going to quit. Were there any type of particular deals that you went after in order to get to that number faster? Or did you just rinse and repeat the original process? Did you only buy $300 plots and sell them for 1200 or did you eventually move up to larger land acquisitions? No, I was always sticking to very inexpensive raw land. In fact, Aquan, if you want, I'll walk you through the process step-by-step step so you can do it. 
Absolutely. I know my listeners want to know and I want to know too. So yes, let's give us the play by play. This is a podcast where we get the how-to tips and the story. So feel free to hop into the how-to. Okay. So where do you live? I live in Virginia, one hour outside of DC. So Northern Virginia is what they call it. Beautiful. Okay. You're in Northern Virginia. I'm going to assume that you own five acres of raw land in Colorado and you owe $200 in back taxes. So you're essentially advertising two important things to me. Number one, you have no emotional attachment to the raw land. You're in Virginia, the properties in Colorado. And number two, you're financially distressed in some weird way. Because we don't pay for things like our property taxes. We don't value them in the same way. As a result, the county treasurer keeps sending you notices saying, Quania, if you don't pay your taxes, you're going to lose the property to a tax deed or tax lien investor. So all you're going to do is look at the comparable sales for the last 12 to 18 months on your property. Well, actually, I should say I'm doing it because I'm buying it from you. But if you're buying it from me, it'd be you, right? Mm-hmm. So that's all you're going to do. You're going to look at the comparable sales last 12 to 18 months for your five-acre parcel. You're going to take the lowest comparable sale. Let's say it's $10,000 and divide by four. And that's going to get what Warren Buffett would call a 300% margin of safety. So I'm going to send you an actual offer of $2,500 for your five-acre parcel. Now, you accept it. Why? Because for you, $2,500 is better than nothing. In reality, 3 to 5% of people will accept my quote-unquote top dollar offer. But now that you've accepted it, I have to go through due diligence or in-depth research. I have to confirm you still own the property. I have to confirm back taxes are only $200. I have to make sure there's been no breaks in the chain of title no liens or encumbrances. And I have this whole big property due diligence checklist. I outsource it to my team in Jamaica, costs about 11 bucks. They're connected to an American title company. And we'll assume everything checks out. They're getting the aerial maps, flat maps, satellite maps, um, GIS maps, everything that a buyer's going to want. But if I was investing more than $5,000, I won't take any risk. I'd close traditionally through an American title company. But $2,500, I'll take some chances. Everything checks out. I buy the property from you for $2,500. And now I'm going to make a cash flow like a rental home. So I'm going to sell 30 days or less. But Aquania, I have a built-in best buyer. Do you know who it is? Is it people on your list of investors who are always looking for land? Do you have that's that? A, that's a good guess. That's a really good one, but not the best buyer. Oh, uh, the government? Nope. Nope. Oh, who's the, who's the best buyer? Tell us. The neighbors, the neighbors. <laughs> Who so are tired the, of this land just sitting there. Yeah. So I'll send out neighbor letters saying, hey, here's your opportunity. Protect your privacy. Protect your views. Know your neighbor. So oftentimes the neighbors will buy it. Now, if they pass, I will go to my buyer's list. My buyer's list passes. I'll go to a little website you may have heard of. It's called a Craigslist. It's the 15th most trafficked website in the United States. I'll go to one that I know you've heard of called Meta or Facebook, buy, sell groups in the marketplace. And then I'll go to the lands, landmoto.com, landandfarm.com, landsofamerica.com, landflip.com, landhub.com. These are platforms where people buy and sell raw land. But quantity, the secret is very simple. It's in the pricing. I'm going to make it irresistible. All I'm going to ask for is a $2,500 down payment for somebody to control that five-acre parcel in Colorado. And then I make it a car payment. Let's say $297 a month and 9% interest over the next 84 months. 
So it's a one-time sale. I'll get my money out on the down payment. I could go six to 10 months out. And now I'm getting $297 a month and 9% interest for the next 84 months. No renters, no rehabs, no renovations, no rodents. And because I'm not dealing with the tenant, I'm exempt from Dodd-Frank, RESPA, and the SAFE Act, all this onerous real estate legislation. So it's a simple game. Can we create enough land notes where our passive income exceeds our fixed expenses? And then we become totally financially free. So let me ask you this. When you've sold this land to the neighbor and they've decided to take your payment plan instead of paying for it outright, are they allowed to build on it? Are they just keeping it raw, as you say? Like what happens to this land while they're paying for it or paying it down? They can use it recreationally. They cannot get a building permit until they own it free and clear. Wow. Okay. Oh, interesting. This is getting spicy. So I, I've i never attempted to do tax liens or land notes. Um, and I kind of skipped a step. So for those who are listening and have no idea what raw land means, can you just define that really quickly? Because I should have done that in the beginning and I and I didn't. Well, raw land is the basis of all wealth. So essentially, the land that we're going to be acquiring is going to be rural, undeveloped land. So when you're out on the highway and you're driving and you see all this land, that's what we're buying. Okay. And raw is different from like what builders may use to build subdivisions because they add pipes and lights and electrical and all of this stuff that makes that land developed, right? Right. I wrote a book called Dirt Rich because all I can afford is the dirt. So we aren't going vertical on this land because that's development. That's a very different model. And that costs millions of dollars to bring infrastructure into a subdivision. Okay. I like it. I like it. So are we mostly targeting rural um, citizens who they already may own five acres that they're living on? And now they're like, ooh, an opportunity to get five more. Let's do it. Yeah, that would be our buyer. Now, Ideal seller, buyer. Right. It's going to be somebody that had a dream that was unrealized as life got in the way. They got tired of paying the property taxes and they're no longer using it. It'd be like if I looked at your garage and all the things you're not using and made you an offer 25 cents a dollar, how quickly would you accept it? Hey, that's money in the hand. <laughs> right. You know? Right. So let me ask you this then, when it comes to actually finding these properties, you mentioned you went to auctions. Um, Some people might be afraid to go to an auction because every time you see them on TV, you're putting your hand up, you're accepting bids. And if someone maybe puts the price higher than you wanted to go and you accidentally raise your hand, you're stuck with it. So what are the terms at auctions? Like if you're the last to bid, it's yours and you have to pay everything there at that moment or do they also have some type of notice like how do you confirm that this land is free and clear to be owned via auction well that's when i started so that model has evolved now because i want to get the property before it goes to auction so i'm going to go directly to the owner before it goes to auction and buy it directly from the owner 25 30 cents on the dollar so in an economy that's say getting very uh, like this, we go into a deep recession, right? 
Well, that might be another opportunity to revisit a tax deed auction. And in that case, again, my whole philosophy is I can always make more money. I can't get more time. I would hire a bidding service to go and they would just have self-discipline. And I'd say, do not bid any higher on these properties at this price. All the due diligence would be done by my team in Jamaica online. And we would just give them our max price based on the market. And maybe we could pick up 10, 15, 20 properties. Um, otherwise, you know, it's not efficient to go fly out or drive out, spend time in a hotel. You have to get cashier's checks. They don't take a check. They won't take a credit card. So you have to make cashier's checks out to the county, maybe $2,000 increments. And then you get a, what's called a treasurer's deed, which is not a great deed necessarily. So if someone is going to want to build on that property, they will want to have, they will want to actually go through a quiet title uh, process in order to make sure that that property is totally free and clear. So here's a question. I hope you're not afraid to answer. Have you ever purchased the equivalent of a lemon land? You know, like people purchase lemon cars is, have you ever had a bad deal? that you thought was okay? Uh, I have made tons of mistakes, but because I'm buying it so inexpensively, I mean, it's going to sound crazy, but I've never lost money on a deal. And now I've done this over 6,000 times. So a good example was I bought 2,500, uh, I'm sorry, 40 acres for $2,500 in New Mexico. And about 25 of those acres were on a mountain. So I really bought a side of a mountain. So 15 acres are accessible. So I thought, well, if I get my money out, great. So I put it at, I put it on eBay at a dollar minimum bid, no reserve for 10 days. The first day it got bid up to $2,500. By the 10th day, it was at $32,500. And I'm freaking out. So I contact the buyer and I said, hey, I just want to make sure you, you read the ad. You can see the maps. Like this is on the side of a mountain. He's like, it's perfect. He was a film director in LA that wanted to film out there and didn't want to deal with the county getting permits. So it was cheaper for him to buy the property than deal with the time and expense of the county. So after doing this so many times, I've learned there's a pick for every barn. They all sell at the right price. Wow, that is such an interesting experience, but also insight. I had no idea in some cases film directors may purchase the land to film rather than going through the county for all the permits, which has definitely become a huge debate. At least I've noticed because filmmakers in Georgia are leaving from California and there's this whole debate on where can we film, where should we film, and California wants people to come back. So the fact that you were able to sell a plot of land for the purpose of making a movie um, it's kind of exciting. That's like book worthy, but <laughs> I totally get your point in that there's always someone out there who may want your treasure. So that is really, really interesting. Now there's also something else I noticed you outsource a lot of the process now, but in the beginning it was you and this person who told you about this system, if I'm someone who's just getting started and I don't necessarily have all of the money and resources to outsource the entire process, 
do you genuinely think this is something I can still do? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've got a free course to teach you how to double your money 30 days or less, and you can do it all yourself. So if you just go to thelandgeek.com forward slash quick deals, thelandgeek.com forward slash quick deals, I'll get you started on the simplest model, double your money. And then once you have enough capital, then you can start building a business because a business is something bigger than yourself. You don't want to create another job for yourself. And I had to learn that the hard way because when I first started, I found myself thinking I built a business and it was just a better job than what I had before in investment banking. I was like, oh, I'm making my own hours. That's not being an entrepreneur. So an entrepreneur builds something that's bigger than themselves. It runs without them. So when Steve Jobs died, Apple certainly didn't lose a beat. And that's what mm -hmm. you want to build. Facts. I totally agree with that. And I do feel like a lot of entrepreneurs experience burnout because they do create a, another job for themselves, even once they quote unquote quit from their nine to five, because they've made themselves the most essential necessary person to do all the jobs in the company. So I think that's important in that you transitioned, you made the income, then you transitioned, but you also created teams that helped you do this process for yourself and for your company that you built. And now you're helping others do it too. And you're able, like you said, to do a deal a day. So you're buying a deal a day and you're selling a deal a day at least. And that's pretty impressive. So what does a typical day in the life of Mark look like? So I'll give you my week. Okay. So Mondays and Fridays are my thinking days. Um, I like to just spend that time. I've got typically no, nothing on my calendar that day. I'll just go and meditate or exercise, spend time with people I love and really just take that time to, to think and maybe read and take long nature walks. Uh, Tuesdays are typically my podcast day. Wednesdays are my team meeting days. Thursdays are client meeting days. And then that's really how I, I like to theme out my week. I spend about a half hour a week in uh, the land investing business. I spend uh, maybe a couple hours a week in land geek. And I might spend an hour a week in geek pay, the software company. And uh, it's pretty good. So I've, I've got a good gig of Kwania. You do. I, yeah. I, I can't complain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that is a pretty good life. I think you probably said three hours or so is spent in the businesses and the rest is how, you know, how you want to spend your time, um, meditation, exercising, all great for health and mental health. Um, but also you've established confidence in your team to do the other jobs. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. So it's, there's no doubt that there are people that are way better at doing a task than me. And so my role is really to think strategy and find those people that will execute really well and love executing on that strategy while being aware that the system and the process is more important than anything else. People change, lives change, 
And you want to make sure that that system and process will be the most important asset of your business. And we've got it now 90% automated with inexpensive virtual assistants and software on the front end, software on the back end. I love it. I love it. And you've created companies that pretty much support the entire mission. So you're also, you know, developing a process for yourself that works and definitely can be, um, you can find people, like you said, to replace anyone who leaves the system at any point because the jobs are either automated, spelled out, or uh, ones that you can hire for. So I think that's pretty awesome. Um, this yeah, is- uh, yeah. Yeah, that I, this is so such a different topic. Um, I actually haven't talked that much about land. I've had a guest once before who had a land fund and they were raising money to purchase land so that they could build on it and sell it to builders and things. But raw land, this is the first time we've talked about it on the Purpose of Money podcast. And I feel like I've learned so much in just this amount of time on how you can use that to expand your real estate portfolio. And you guys know I'm always looking to do that because I am all about passive income and all about not dealing with toilets and tenants. So I'm definitely going to check out your website and your free course for myself. But um, I want to ask you one more question. The name of the podcast is called The Purpose of Money. And everyone that I invite on the show has the opportunity to tell us what is your purpose for money? So my purpose for money is really simple. It's just to be a good ancestor. Hmm. That's it. So look, the truth is nothing lasts, right? The only thing that's going to really outlive me, so I'm going to lose everyone and everything. But the only thing that could possibly outlive outlive me if I'm lucky are my values. So the purpose of money then is in parallel to my values. So in my estate planning, the money that I'm leaving to the generations are for specific purposes. If they want to start a business, if they want higher education, if they want their first home, to make things a little bit easier? Absolutely. But at no point in time will I, as an ancestor, make it so easy that they don't have to ever work because I think that work provides a lot of meaning and purpose in their lives. And I certainly don't want that money to be squandered in in any sense. I do believe in uh, effective altruism. So a good portion of my estate will go to relieve suffering, which I think also is in parallel to being a good ancestor. So to me, that is the purpose of money is simply to serve the next generations. I absolutely love that. And that's a very well thought out way to leave a legacy. So thank you, Mark, for sharing that with us today. Before we say goodbye, I really would love for you to drop the link to your free course again for us and any links to websites that you want my listeners to check out because I'm going to include those in the show notes so they can follow you and also take advantage of offers you have. Sure. I think the best place to start is thelandgeek.com. Thelandgeek.com is a great place to start. Again, the free course is at thelandgeek.com forward slash quick deals. 
And not only is Dirt Rich out, but Dirt Rich 2 is coming out, how to scale your land business. So be on the lookout for that as well. Awesome. Well, definitely check it out. I'll make sure to drop links to everything in the show notes. Can your book be found on Amazon? Absolutely. All right. So that's what we're going to include a link to. Guys, this has been great. Mark, thank you so much for sharing your expertise on how we can really get into investing in real estate and raw land. I hope this has been a helpful episode. Wherever you're listening, please like, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. And until next time, keep building generational wealth. Thank you for listening to the Purpose of Money podcast. For more resources and information, check out my website, thepurposeofmoney.com. And while you're there, please sign up for our newsletter so you have the latest information on new episodes and blog posts. Until next time, keep creating freedom in your life today 